I'll take your hundred dollars and I'll see you another hundred dollars. Chicken feed, boy. Chicken feed. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we forget to come up with clever things to say. My name is Mary. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Josh. And we've been drinking a little bit already. A little pregame action. Woohoo! It's Tuesday, y'all. And I'm Melanie. And Melanie's back risen. tonight. I have risen. <laughs> she is risen. Melanie, risen. why don't you tell us what you're drinking? Because you always have something interesting that you're... Oh, me first? Okay. Yes. Um, this one is from Divine Barrel Brewing out of Charlotte, one of my favorites. And this one's called We're Out of Peanut Butter, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They have the craziest name. with peanut butter. <laughs> Yummy. Mm-hmm. Me too. I do like good mm-hmm. peanut butter beer. Oh, God. How about you guys? I am drinking. Uh, I am going to try to, since I just recently moved back to Michigan, I am now going to retry all of the Michigan available uh, pumpkin ales because it's that yeah. time of year when I love me a pumpkin yes. ale. It's so awesome. tonight I'm dr- I am drinking Arcadia Brewing Company's Jaw Jacker. These names Uh, just crack me up. (laughs) It's brewed with cinnamon, allspice, and nutmeg. Oh, yes. Mm. It's delicious. That sounds delicious. Have you guys ever had um, Pumpkinhead by Shipyard? Mm -mm. Yes, I have. It's good. Believe it or not, this is so sad. I'm drinking water again. Last week I was drinking water because my stomach was upset. Tonight I'm just, I've got to get up. Is it water, water, or Russian water, which we call vodka? No, it's real water with ice cubes That's in fine. it. Sarah's being healthy. Hydrate, baby. Do we have any housekeeping? No, we're, we're, we're all set. We're, are we going to Chicago? Yeah, we're going to Chicago. I think so. Hell yeah. Mel, wish you were coming. So if you didn't hear before, the uh, Days of the Dead convention is in Chicago from November 19th to 21st at the Crown Plaza O'Hare Airport Hotel. And yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be there with uh, Priscilla Presley. Priscilla is and, there, so uh, we are there. I think, I think Kathleen Turner is also there, from what I've heard. Ooh, I love Kathleen Turner. Cool. Are they still adding to the list, or no? If, like, who's on there, Us- who's there? Usually, are they like, it'll people? it'll fluctuate as it's getting closer. So, well, some drop, some will okay. add. Like, Danny Glover has canceled. Who? Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon. Heather Langenkamp yeah. from A Nightmare on Elm Street is going to be there, though, and I'm totally jazzed about that, too. Uh, I know. Me, too. Um, and, and so we're going to try to have, know? like, a get-together. So if any of our listeners are in, in or around Chicago or if you want to come in and go to the convention, like, we're going to have – we're going to try – just message us, and we're going to try to have, like, a, a Ewing barbecue barbecue in a bar. We'll all be wearing <laughs> our <laughs> shirts. Yeah there so as yeah we'll wear our shirts and yeah we will at least one of the days probably not every day but at least one of the days if we can get our um, merchandise uh straightened out then you all can get merchandise and speaking of that we had so we moved to a different vendor of which we were up for one day before they decided to take our stuff down but i was able to order things i was able to order stickers and a coffee cup and i they're amazing. Like the quality is amazing. So I, I, I don't know. I had to figure it out. 
Oh, I got a question. No explanation needed, but like, dead or alive, who would be the one cast member from Dallas that you would want to meet? Like, sit down and have like a cup of coffee with and talk to. Priscilla Presley, like a friend. Linda Gray. Von Linda Gray. Since I've already been with a, a lot of these people, I would have to, oh, dead or alive, you. I would go with um, either... One that you haven't met. Right. Oh, one we haven't met? I, I, I have to decide between um, Barbara Belgetti's Howard Keel or Jim Davis. Jim okay. Davis. Okay, I just wanted to know. I do. Actually, we have... Wait, I have another thing before we get started. We oh, have yeah, a Patreon, okay. you guys. Um, <gasps> that's right. So it is live. We have right now three tiers. Um, we have a $5 level. We have a $10 level. And we have a $25 level, um, which of course you don't, you are, you do not need to give us anything, but if you do feel like you have, you would, you are able to, and you want to, we super appreciate it. And we'd like to give you something back. Speaking of that, we already have one person on the $5 level at the Patreon. And I would like to thank Kristen C for being a backer. Thank you, Kristen. Um, and then we also still have the bourbon fund, but we only have the bourbon fund until the end of October because PayPal is taking away the ability to have a money pool. So, uh, the bourbon fund will be ending. I'll try to find something else. I may just be like, my Venmo that I'll put up if you, you know, don't want to do like a yeah. monthly thing, but just feel like every once in a while you want to throw something in the bucket. But uh, the bourbon fun is in our show notes and on our Facebook. So that's still available. And I'd like to thank uh, this month's uh, person who's donated, who is Robert L. Thank you, Robert. Yay, Robert. All right. Tonight we are talking about... Season four, episode seven, The Fourth Sun. Sure is uh, funny, isn't it? The whole ship just disappeared like that. Act God, Swella. I'm warning you, JR. Keep out of my way. We'll collide if you're in mine, I'll guarantee you. Looks like I got here just in time to break up a brawl, huh? Tell me, after all these years, you bring out this story. I figured maybe my luck had changed. Well, don't you count on it. You don't remember me, do you, boy? I can't say that I do. I'm Amos Krabs, son. Your long-lost daddy. It was written by Howard Lakin, directed by Irving J. Moore, and aired December 12th, 1980. Four days after John Lennon had been assassinated. <laughs> just for real-world That's stuff. right. Uh, let's see some casting notes. Not a lot. Uh John Crawford, who played uh, Mort Wilkinson in this episode, uh, played a sheriff on the Waltons. The episode was number one for the week with a 35.8 rating and a 60 share. And it was the sixth straight week at number one. That's a tongue twister there. So this episode, uh, Steve Keneally considered some of his best acting on Dallas. And it was his favorite storyline because, as we see... They finally gave him a good one. I think this is the beginning where they really start to use him more. Yeah. It, I'd agree with that. Ray I'd B. Arvis agree becomes that. a member of the Ewing family and uh, it enabled him to be in the living room and dining room scenes more. But prior to the storyline, Steve was unhappy with where his character was and he was actually considering leaving the show. And 
He realized more of the storylines were involving Ewing Oil as opposed to South Fork. And there were a lot of other opportunities to take advantage of. But it was Jim Davis and Larry Hagman that talked him out of leaving. And the idea for uh, The Fourth Son was hatched after a racquetball game between Larry and Steve. Hagman just turned to him and said, So, you know, you look more like Jim's son than Patrick or myself, or even Ted. Uh, so Larry's like, whoa. And the producers ran with it. There was another thought of having Ray marry a Mexican woman and providing a conflict between the Ewing family and the Mexican community, but nothing ever came of that. Phil Capiz, yeah, Phil Capiz, <laughs> however, said that um, he denied that Hagman and Keneally thought it all up about the thing that they were going to write in that direction did. anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Leonard Katzman said, had we ever even considered so Ray gross. to be a fourth son, it's just awkward. Yeah, he and Lucy awkward. never would have been playing hanky-panky in the barn. Right, exactly. It's just never spoken <laughs> yeah. of again, right? Awkward. <laughs> it, it, the episode where we decide yeah. to forget that entire storyline ever happened. Right. Never again. Uh, un- Never again until Return to South Fork and all these um Well they're just documentaries where they, they talk about it, but yeah, no, documentaries no, and, and the fortieth anniversary where they're up on the stage recreating the scene, call me her name. Call me her name. <laughs> and also we find out exactly how old Ray is I mean, in this episode, which also makes it super sus. We learn his actual exact birthday. Uh, exact birthday, yes. It Oct- is, uh, Oct- October 19th, 1945. Yep. Because the diary said uh, October 19th, 1946 was Raymond's first birthday. But mm. at the time, she was like so. 35. And Lucy's like 19. Yes. Maybe, maybe yeah. 20. <laughs> she was I got that one. 17. Right. Right. And Which he was like 17 32. will get you 20. Exactly. As it should. But you, you mentioned Howard Lake and uh, wrote the episode, and this was the first one that he had written, and he ended up writing 23 episodes during seasons 3 through 5 and 11 through 13. And he always felt that yeah. The main character. Is this one this was considered season three? Yeah. Must be. Because this was the old season three. Yeah. Right. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So seasons four through six and 12 through 14, if you want to go by bumping by everything DVD. up one. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. But he thought that the main character of, of Dallas was not JR, but it was actually... Leonard Katzman, because every character in that show, every single one of them was a facet of Leonard Katzman's personality and his even Sue Ellen? life, the father, brother, son triangle, and everything was very important to him, and that women were always arm charms and... Arm charms? Yeah. <laughs> arm charms. <laughs> the hell we are. <laughs> and I feel like... Like, I, I don't know Leonard Katzman personally, but I I feel like that's he wishes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Howard Lakin always felt that he was writing Leonard Katzman's bio- autobiography when he was writing episodes, just because of some of the mm-hmm. chauvinistic tones. Some, that were, but 
every episode. From Catsman. It does get better. Did I have to say that? That's all the trivia we got tonight, folks. <laughs> all right. So we open on JR in the South Fork pool. Yes, again. Fucking With his smirking. damn cowboy hat on. With the feathers <laughs> going around the perimeter. I want one of those in the pool. In the pool. On a little floaty. Mm. <laughs> I want those newspapers with the headlines. I do too. Yeah, he's reading the newspaper with the headline is like tanker sinks. <laughs> he's positively giddy. <laughs> he is positively giddy. I'm like, ugh. Okay. I wrote smug motherfucker. Oh, yeah. In my notes. He and, he and Swellen are just like pigs in mud in this uh, whole episode here. <laughs> so proud of themselves. Sue Ellen doesn't even know why they're proud of themselves, but she's like, Jair's being nice she's to me. She's still so, being that okay, bug follow around wife in this episode, too. You, you know what was a little weird about this scene? Uh-huh. It, transition to the breakfast uh, at the, on the patio or you know, uh, by the pool. Uh-huh. It seemed like that was done in two different takes like jr in the pool miss alien swung coming out and then boom you cut and everybody's already on the other side of the pool. we don't we never heard any background chatter it yeah. was like it was done in two different oh yeah, it was definitely it, done in two takes it was definitely and, done and it's takes. noticeable yeah. too it's very noticeable yeah for sure they're not gonna have all those actors on set that's true to film that scene for hours you know <laughs> And it is very windy. Um, and then <laughs> I like JR says, yeah, he'll eat because he's feeling a bit peckish this morning. <laughs> peckish. 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 All right. <laughs> peckish. I like how he distributes the uh, paper. Yeah. Society page for Sue Ellen. And then he gives the funny pages to Lucy after cracking, Lucy. A, <laughs> cracking a joke about, uh, are you still seeing that parking attendant? Yeah, uh, and you know, you notice Lucy just asshole. You notice Lucy just takes right, the paper exactly. and just shoves it under her chair, doesn't even yeah. look at it. Uh, and, and she gives, just makes a face at him, like, "Yeah, Lucy, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and then Jock asks for the sports page, right? And then he's like, "Hey, Bobby, have you seen this headline? Hey, you should check this out." Ugh. We got Bobby's just like because you got six hundred thousand barrels of oil sitting down in Davy Jones's locker. (laughs) Yeah, not Davy Jones from the monkeys. People, no, no. You sure? He might have a locker. Oh, there. Yeah, there is that meme out there of Davy Jones's locker, and it's Davy Jones from the monkey opening a locker under the under the ocean. The JR uses this opportunity where he has the floor to uh, make sure everybody knows how much what happened with the the tanker sinking being Bobby's fault and it's all Bobby's fault and Ewing Oil being in trouble now is all Bobby's fault. To make sure everybody knows that, being as I told you so. Bobby's like, it doesn't like it's we're covered. This is what we have insurance for. It's covered by insurance. I'll take care of the rest. And JR's like, "Mm okay. Okay, and 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 Pam jumps up, jumps on Jr. too, even though she really doesn't like Bobby working at the company. She's still going to not let Jr. attack Bobby. Yeah, she brings up the point. She discounted. She's like, "So, what would have you done to prevent an accident, Jr.?" And he just like, "Oh, well, I don't know." 
And finally, Miss Ellie just puts her foot down and just stops all this conversation. No talk at the table. Mm. (laughs) Then we cut to Ray's house. That was a much shorter uh, opening scene at South Fork than last episode, which so much was going on in that opening scene. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ray showing up and Bobby and leaving and the JR and Jock coming out and Stu Ellen standing in the background and the... That so was just like, it was like a marathon. Indeed. So, Ray's house. Um, he's putting a saddle on the back of his truck. He's such a cowboy. <laughs> um, and I feel like this is like a nicer truck than he's had. Has he had this truck for a yes. while? Because it seems like a maybe a nicer truck. I think he went I from can, the, I could be wrong, because also I don't know He went know from cars. that blue and white striped one to the all white one. All white one, but Remember it the, looked different, the blue I thought. The all yeah. white one. Wasn't that a, a Jeep? Oh, there, w- Jeep there was a... Yeah, there was the convertible Jeep, Jeep truck when the top was off. Or was that a Bronco? Mm-hmm. This was not that, though, right? This isn't a yeah. Jeep mm. in this scene. Because what he had I in the miniseries... I didn't know that Jeep made trucks, but apparently they did. What he had in the miniseries was that blue that blue uh, pickup truck. Well, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just talking about and the one he And then he went to that convertible Jeep for a little while, and then he went to this white Jeep. Right. Or white right. pickup truck. Pickup truck. Little. Okay, so it's the same. I'm just crazy. All right, never mind. Um, so there's some nice, uh, smooth early '80s music in this. Yes, scene. there was some, yeah, like almost some like yacht rock instrumental stuff going on, which I was pretty d- much digging. Love it. Yacht rock. I thought it was, you know, he he drives <laughs> away, and he lives on a pretty much. There's nobody else around, and he drives by this. Dude from the bar who's Random either... Random creeper lo- just parked on the side of the road. Who's either lost or broken down. And I'm surprised Ray didn't pull over to see, you know, being the gentlemanly cowboy person to see, oh, are you are you all right, sir? Are you lost? Or, or is your car broken? Because Ray's that type of guy that he would pull over and help change a tire or something like that. Agreed. It was weird. It was like he didn't see him, which is... How could he not see him? <laughs> There's nobody else on that road. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, then we cut to Ewing Oil, where uh, Brady uh, comes to be like, so the oil then? And uh, Bob- and then Bobby's like, oh, yeah, we'll get you the oil, but it's just going to be maybe like a little bit late. Right. He also, um, he also is. But that's not good enough. And he also has Connie contacting uh, Steve Taylor. To look for spare oil. He wants the info on the Bullock's uh, insurance company, which is uh, Greater Louisiana Insurance Corporation. And then at the end, after Bobby reassures Brady that everything will be fine, he asks for the uh, Ewing Chopper to take him to the tank farm. So then we come back to South Fork, where Jar is humming. <laughs> While Sue Ellen this is, scene lath- is just <laughs> lathering him with oil. She's lubing him up. It's just weird. Which and you know that's not sunblock, it's 1980. That's just like that's oil, oil so the sun tans baby it tans him more. It's a weird camera angle too, pointing up and the back of the house mm-hmm. the top of the house in the background. And so there's 600,000 barrels of oil on the bottom of the ocean, and Sue Ellen's pouring oil all over JR at the same time. 
It's a very oily episode. She's lubing him up. Ugh, she is all over the place. And, and then, <laughs> at one point, he was like, "You want to? If I turn over, you're gonna get my other side." And I was like, "Oh, it's, no, everything's stop. like an innuendo." And, and Sue Ellen goes, "Yeah, haven't I? Are there any sides of J.R. Ewing I haven't seen?" <laughs> But we don't know if he was humming a happy tune because he was loving Sue Ellen's fingernails on his back or... Um, no, he was thinking about all the damage. Or, all, all, or, all or the, Bobby's the... situation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> and then Sally calls. And I have to say, he's really good at, like, having sex talk in front of his wife with other ladies. <laughs> you, he's you, really good at that. It's all uh, camouflage or whatever it's called. I like how he says, "So, would will you get that for me? You get that for me, would you, honey?" <laughs> the phone rings, and she brings that ugly green phone over that just happens to be outside, with the longest yeah. phone cord probably running into the house. I'm surprised nobody trips over these phone cords. That would be a funny scene if somebody comes out and just trips over the phone cord, or Jock starts tripping and goes, "Damn cord!" <laughs> <laughs> I like all the bleepers that when Ellie says fuck. Takes the phone and throws it against the wall. Damn phone. (laughs) (laughs) And he's pretty good at covering, but her spidey senses are tingling because he hangs up and she's kind of like, who was that? So she knows knows something's up. Yeah. But he's just, oh, some good old boys. Just some good old boys trying to sell me some champagne to... To, to Chris and Bobby's next tanker with. <laughs> and then she's basically like, it's so, like, he's, he's basically like insinuating that it was not an accident. And so Sue Ellen is just like, so she basically like asks him, like, was it? And he kind of like admits it a little bit. And she, girl is so turned on by that. Which is oh so my God. weird to me. Like, I just don't understand. It's, it is weird. It's weird. It's uh, da- creepy weird. Dialing it, dialing it's just an act of God. That's all. That's why they are, like, so incredibly toxic, but, like, good together. They're just, like. She loves a bad boy. Oh, my on, God. They're turned on by their evil. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> yes. Oh, they're just like, we just screwed over a ton of people and made lots of money. Let's go fuck. I mean, that's... <laughs> exactly. There's a fetish it's, for that somewhere. It's, it's, it's it like, is. It's, it's like a whole Bo- it's like there, Boris, There's a website somewhere, It's like Boris and Natasha if they were having uh, oh doing each other. God. <laughs> oh, yes. Moose and Squirrel are in trouble. <laughs> Let's go do it. God. Let's go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut inside to the living room where Jock and Ellie are talking because Jock's been quiet and Ellie's a little worried about that. And this this is an interesting situation that you know Miss Ellie wants Jock to help Bobby out, but Bobby or Jock knows that you know Bobby wanted to do it on his own. He's got to do it on his own, and he needs the right person in charge of the company. If Bobby can't handle it, then he's Probably not the right guy for the job, which kind of concerns I mean, Ellie. Not wrong. Yeah, it concerns. It definitely concerns her. Yeah, because I'm sure all she can think about yeah. is if this doesn't work, Bobby and Pam are going to bolt. If if this doesn't work, there's going to be a Bobby-shaped hole in the door. Yeah, 
Then they'll be off to California to go surfing with Gary. Yeah, and that's like our worst fear. Right, right, right. So then we cut to Bobby helicoptering in, which is super fancy. You notice his hair doesn't move with all that helicopter wind? <laughs> it's because of the Aquanet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's his uh, helmet I was hair. Say, Aquanet. It's- it's 1980. My Aquanet. dad loved hairspray. <laughs> and you know they put like sprayed it like four times because it was going to be a helicopter scene. Four times before each take. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't moving. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was like a helmet. So Bobby wants to ship the Wilkinson crude uh, to the Ewing refinery. And, Which is only 450,000 uh, barrels. Yeah, only. And uh, But the guy who works there is just like, yeah, we can't do that because like Wilkinson this is his crude and like he needs it and he's like a a small situation that'll really hurt him if he doesn't get this and Bobby's like "Uh, all right and he's basically like your daddy made a handshake back in 1930s so that means we can't not that's sacred (laughs) we sacred that is sacred uh so Bobby's like Jock Ewing was big for his handshake deals right yeah, which I get, but ugh. anyway, Bobby decides they have to do it. The guy starts arguing with him, and then Bobby pulls rank, which was surprising. That's a move for Bobby. But Bobby does go in the office and call Stephen Taylor to make sh- see if he has found any spare oil floating around that he could purchase, and there isn't. Mm-hmm. So, nope. No oil. So that does force Bobby. That forces Bobby to pull rank. Mm. Yep. Which really doesn't sit well with Bobby <sighs> because he has a conscience. Yeah, he feels weird about it, but he still does it. Yeah. Business is business. Bidness. Bidness, as Jock says. Bidness. Bidness is bidness. That's B-I-D-N-E-S-S, people. Bidness. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to the creeper waiting for Ray at Ray's house. Yeah. And then he introduces himself. It is kind of, he, it's kind of creepy. Guy just parks in his driveway and is mm-hmm. sitting by the uh, sliding door. What is it Would about this house? Did, your this Ray, Ray builds this house. Is there a front door? Because everything is enter and exit through that sliding do- door. Yes. There, wait a minute. That's a good well, question. We've been there. They're always going in and out that sliding door, which he's which he's working on the screen for later in the episode. I was gonna say yes, there wait. is, but then. Um. I was, what I was thinking, yeah, they came in the friggin' sliding uh, glass door. Hmm. Right, the sliding glass door all the time. I wonder if the camera angle from the actual front door, like there was something, if they moved the camera that they didn't want you to see. I like someone else's house or something. <laughs> or oh, or maybe. May, maybe it just flowed better on camera just out back into the place from that sliding glass door. Maybe it was just a better flow. I don't know. Some people just use the same door though Dinner. all the time. Well, after yeah, the first few seasons, they, they stopped using the front door at South Fork and everything was in and out the back. It's true. Yeah. People just don't like until the new like series until the new series <laughs> when Lu- until the new show when Lucy and Valine showed up at the front door. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Creeper introduces himself. <laughs> His name is Amos Krebs. Creeper. He truly is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Amos Krebs. He really so he, he has the same last name as Ray. <gasps> he does. And I have to say, Amos Krebs dresses like, uh, what's his name from the Dukes of Hazzard? Uh, Boss Hog. 
Well, I was going to say dresses like he a dresses saloon, like boss a saloon man. Little <laughs> with that 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 weird was that, is that a bolo? Uh, that, whatever it's called, the top. I don't think that's a bolo. A bolo is just a with like it has a little pendant that you slide up. That I don't know what that kind of tie is called. It looks like a. I don't figure it. They wear them in um, the Grand Ole Opry sometimes. Yeah, it's a very like old school it's southern like a western kind of thing. Country. Yeah. If anybody knows what those ties are called, please let us know. Is that, is that something you would see like on the on the plantations, maybe with some of the gentlemen? Uh... Um, Colonel Sanders wears one. <laughs> yes, also Colonel Sanders. That's what. That's so, everybody, yeah. that's everybody who played about. Colonel right, Sanders wore one, including Reba McIntyre <laughs> or Barbara yeah. Mand. Oh yeah, yeah, it was Reba McIntyre. Yeah, I love Reba McIntyre. So then, to prove that he is uh, Ray's daddy. He shows him baby pictures, but Ray is not too stoked to see him because he reminds him, like, basically, like, you abandoned me when I was three years old. Why would I want to see you now? And then he's like, and like, why are you here? And he doesn't beat her on the bush. He's like, well, I had my reasons. obviously you have money. Yeah. You, no, obviously you have money. I had my, I so had my reasons for leaving. And... At least he's honest. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. He is honest. <laughs> He didn't really care for Ray and his mother too much, you know. It was just like it was a bad situation. <laughs> he you pro- he'd, he'd probably be like, you know, you cried, you pooped your pants. I wasn't gonna be around for that. But you know, you're really but, loud. What got me is he said to Ray, yeah. "I I raised you, Ray, for three years, so that yeah. should count for something." <laughs> it's like here's a hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. That it's was worth. awesome. <laughs> It reminded me of when jo- when Jock when Digger asked for money for Pam. Here's a hundred bucks to Jock, and Jock took yeah. some money and oh. threw it out on the uh, I threw it out on, on the driveway. Yeah. And I was hundred bucks was a lot yes. of money back then, but still, <laughs> it was shitty in Pam and Digger's situation. But here, I think it's like just desserts. Here's yeah, yeah. here it's deserved for like, sure. Yeah, here's your hundred bucks. Get get lost, dude. And, and then and then he goes yes. he goes to light a match on the uh, side of the house and Ray's like, "Do you mind not scuffing my wall?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, that. Um, so we get a we get a little. He basically gives us a little bit of the backstory of uh, also when Ray went to live or came. His mom died, and then he went to South Fork when he was fifteen with a note from his mom. Oh, to Jock. So we get that bit. So Ray's Ray's story is is sort of opening up and unfolding here, and because all we've known really about him is that he came there when he was fifteen. We didn't have much background, and he's been there ever since. And he was with Pam before the series started. That's you know. And then we cut to pre-dinner drinks inside South Fork. And the owls are heard outside. And everyone's weirded out. Did you ever hear? Did you hear the owls outside? Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh huh. yeah, you could hear some owls. I just heard everybody being like, "Lucy, why are you home? You're not usually yeah. home." And she's like, "Cause I'm home." God, Lucy, why why are you here? Does this mean, does this mean we have to make conversation with you and give you actual food? <laughs> <laughs> you're just cutting into our food, and we don't want to feed you because you're like never here. So go. <laughs> Poor Lucy. We find out that Bobby's working still, but then. The doorbell rings and Teresa I like, answers I like how JR the door. and Sue Ellen, though, needled Pam a little bit about Bobby working all the time. Well, God, Sue Ellen. 
Dawn is oh, like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. the worst exactly. friend ever. She really is, and I don't. They're not even like she, she really, really she really is at this point. But it's like right. I mean that spoiler alert that comes later. But like she's. How many times did did Pam like when she was pregnant with John Ross and crying and stuff like Pam make sure she got to bed okay and like wiped her tears over her brother yeah and then uh-huh. Sue Ellen's like you know back on good with Jr again and like not being accused of shooting him and she's like oh <laughs> he's gonna take your husband down <laughs> and it's like what is wrong with you like she. I used to and then just like bitch stares at everybody and else in the room. She, she like okay. She Sue goes Ellen. whichever way the wind blows. She really does. Mm-hmm. But she always goes back to Jr. and acts like this. I hate that. <sighs> like if she has, she feels she has Jr. on his side. Like she does. She's like fuck yeah. everybody else. She hides behind him, or she hides in her bottle when she doesn't have Jr. Ellen. I just, you know, and it's so funny because I used to be like such, I still am, such a huge shipper of JR and Sue Ellen together. And like the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, wow, they're kind of sick. Wow, they're, they're kind of toxic. Wow, damn, this is fucked up. But it is so good to watch and kind of hot, but so fucked up. <laughs> kind of hot. And that's why, that's probably why they were known as sugar and slick. That came out of the fandom about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, sh- sugar and slick, which is a very good description. And, mm, <laughs> I don't stand that. Mel- Melanie disagrees. <laughs> I, I used to, I, when I tell you, I have like, I feel like I've literally grown up with the with the Dallas fandom from like age 20 to now, mm. my mm-hmm. mind has done like almost a 180 in some aspects. It's just evolving maturity. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can see that. And it's, it's interesting how maturity. every time no. you, you might watch through the series, you'll, you will pick up on different things each time through and yeah. things will just oh, yeah. constantly evolve and change and, yeah, because you're constantly evolving and changing yeah. in your own life. And so you're going to start, yeah. like, identifying with different characters and different situations. And Well, it's funny. Like, yeah. I used to read on the internet great. forums that, like, you know, the, the Dallas. Just because say internet. The, yeah, just because say internet. <laughs> like, all the shit about, you know, pe- people back in, like, the mid-2000s would be like, oh, Jared and Sue Ellen, they were just, like, you know, toxic for each other. And they were no good. And their relationship was abusive. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're so cool. And now I'm like, yeah, they fucking were. Like, <laughs> I just, and they, I remember they like, have, yeah, I remember and both fighting can be with true. people about this shit till I was blue in the face, and now I'm like eating crow. It's so funny. It's just ironic <laughs> to me. But the toxic, yeah. the toxicity of their relationship and the back and forth really it was riveting. So Mitch arrives through the front door, which is still being used. He rings the bell, which is interesting. I always found it interesting whenever the doorbell would ring. I always find that weird. It is rare. It is rare. So. You know that's not if someone comes to the front door, they're not close with the Ewings. Right. Right. You know? They Which makes p- sense with Mitch coming to the door. Did you notice that Teresa's uh apron is actually dirty when she answers the door? Which I thought was really interesting because usually yeah. like they're pristine, but she has like a big like either like water or oil spot on her apron, like she was actually working, like she was making huh. dinner. Oh which I thought was 
pretty. <laughs> she was cool, actually, actually working. She was actually working, yeah. She wasn't just a, a, a prop. She was actually working. Right, exactly. That, well, she might have been clean, she might have been cleaning up the oil that uh, spilled when Sue Ellen was oiling Jr. out by the pool. Uh, maybe. Oh God, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. I did not think of that. Oh I my just God. Thought of that. It okay, was like... that's in my. That's probably what happened. I wonder if she, Sue Ellen anyway. used the same oil that they used to use to oil up like. Jock's, you know, chest or Bobby's chest or... Uh, probably. There's like a big family <laughs> bottle in the hall closet. <laughs> Bulk copper tone. They went to Costco. <laughs> oof. Oof. It's called... It's called the... the went to Costco. It's called chest oil. Chest oil. <laughs> What's it? What, what don't they used to use straight up... What? Um, Baby oil? Baby oil, yeah. Baby oil. Honestly, you know I what that looked like was she... a bottle of iodine. Did it not? What did? What? Which, what? What? Sue Ellen was pouring on Jr. Oh, they did oh use my iodine. God. My mom used iodine. iodine. And when Jr. rolled over, <laughs> why? She, she just—you could just hear the—you could just hear the bottle squirting and all this like. You could just hear all of it coming out of the bottle, like she was over. Why would you on... use iodine? <laughs> It's something to make it the the tan darker or something. I don't know. But they all did it back in the early like late seventies, early eighties. Because it just and dyes your skin. My aunt would come. It, it, probably it's like a, the form of a self tanner. Probably right. but then you get the yeah. oil for yeah, the sunburn. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, so anyway, Lucy's really stoked to see Mitch, and she ditches the. They, they did quick interaction introductions, and then they just ditch the family and go to the study. I would like to have seen the camera linger in the living room a little longer because I half expected Jr. to drop some insult uh, about insult? Mitch or something. Yeah, after he they left the room. I think that's why she rushed him out of the room. But yeah. I, I almost expected yeah. to hear something, some little dialogue amongst themselves after they left the room, and then they cut. So you never got to hear what Jr. would have said. Could have been on the cutting room floor too. Anyway, Mitch comes to apologize. Um, he admits that he maybe has a issue with rich people and because he always saw them as the enemy. And so he's basically like, you can't help that you're rich and a Ewing, so I guess I won't hold it against you, <laughs> which is big. Which is what I said last big week. Big of him, I guess. Right. Ugh. And he wants to keep seeing her. Um he does, yeah. But she looks so happy. Here's the caveat. The stipulation is that they have to date on his income, which is the most controlling oh, yeah. like fucking he has to be able to. red flag ever, Mitch. Well, that's just an ego problem. Yeah. It's a huge ego. I mean, and Lucy caught up in the moment agrees, but we know that's not going to work. Yeah, well, because she just likes him. She likes him a lot. Like, I get it. She likes him a lot. But also, it just, uh, it's a big red flag, Lucy. Yeah. Because he's dictating the rules of the relationship. Yeah, totally. Right, which, and he's plays, like, which you plays into the whole, back then, the male chauvinism and the, and the old style of the men were breadwinners yeah. and they made the rules and the women were subservient and they barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what Katzman's yeah. end game was. But all it did is show how fucked up that is. Literally, that's all he showed was he showed yeah. a generation that it was fucked up. 
And so he was. Congrats, Katzman. And and Leonard was the one that was a, a driving force for the Congrats. series, most of the series. And he had issues with wanting to let women direct. Larry had to step up for Linda to let her yes, get he her did. to direct an episode. So it was. There was chauvinism throughout. I the, don't think he and I would get along. Honestly, I don't think we would. He's very old school, I guess. Uh, very old school. Pam is staying up late reading, waiting for Bobby. She's reading about what uh, Lady Fiona and the Duke of Essex. What, I guess, yeah. What book has Lady Fiona and the Duke of Essex? Let's find that out, people. I don't know, but it sounded like a trashy romance novel to me. Go, Pam, go. Um, I guess if Bobby wasn't going to show, she was going to, you know, figure it out for herself. Um, and Bobby, she was like, hey, how was work? And he was like, don't ask. And she was like, well, I am asking, though. So... And so then he was like, oh, okay, you actually want to interact with me. So then um, he admits that he did things that he wasn't proud of. And Pam was like, you know, you can just walk away from this. She really does not, not want him in that company. She really does not. She doesn't. She, she doesn't. doesn't. She sees him changing. Mm-mm. Yep. But the problem is that Bobby likes what he's doing. So he's just like, yeah. But then why can he say that? So then why can't he see that she likes what right? she's doing? I, I, right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. It moves it both does. ways. So the book Ugh. could have been The Prince and His Lady, My Once and Future Duke, some trashy romance novel. <laughs> yeah. It's a trashy romance novel. <laughs> then she rolls over, novel. turns off the light, and just uh, get she silent treatment off to bed. No good night. Yep. <laughs> no vagina, no vagina None. Bobby not drilling for mm-hmm. oil tonight. Denied. Yep. This this oil field is closed. Closed for business. <laughs> <laughs> then we have a quick scene of Amos waiting for Jack to leave South Fork in the morning, continuing his creeperness. <laughs> yeah, he... <laughs> and does he, does he follow a, him? He's such a creep. Yeah, jo- Jock drives by in, the, in that Lincoln Continental, and then um, Amos pulls out in his uh, his crap box car and takes a right off the side road and follows him. Bobby's looking for oil still. And then, uh-oh, Mort Wilkinson comes on and he's pissed. So we learn Mort doesn't have a wife, doesn't have kids, and this company is his entire life. So he... So he Man, needs he needs to fulfill his contracts that or he's sucks. out of business. Here's my issue with it. Is he says, um, now I've never had more than a handshake a shake agreement with your daddy. So I was surprised when this happened. And it's like, well, if you've never had more than a handshake, then maybe you shouldn't be surprised. Like maybe you should have had some actual, like, I don't know, paperwork drawn up. Eh. Paperwork. Crazy. What, what, what the hell is paperwork? Yeah. Like a I don't do paperwork. I, mean, I shake the hand. <clears throat> that's the word of God. Yeah. That's just bad business. I'm just going to call it out. That, that's the way we did it back in the Wildcat News. He doesn't look old enough to have remembered the Wildcat days, though. So That's what Jock Ewan did back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob and 
Bobby feels bad, though. Bad enough to hit the booze after what Mort leaves. Yeah, he starts pounding the bourbon the second he leaves. <laughs> if we drank as much Incredible as they drank on that show, our livers would be shot. Several times over. Yes. Yeah. So then we cut to downtown, and Amos is walking up behind Jock. Who's wearing Jock in his jacket. Are you talking about Jock's suit jacket, that plaid? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's it's like white. The plaid. plaid. It was awful. Who was, it's not who great. was, who it's was not in great. charge of wardrobe? Uh, what the hell? What the... I feel like the outfits haven't been terrible it's recently, look, but, but that, that suit jacket. <laughs> Not good. Mm. There's there's a couple mm-hmm. of accessories that have been bad, like glasses, and then I think and that busy oh, outfit Sally yeah. was wearing with all the the satin and the all the patterns and the yeah the booger. I don't like Sally's style. No, but yeah. So jo- Jock's going to give him three minutes because he has to get to a meeting. And they go in that little diner, so right? Three... Yeah, they're in like a little outdoor. Coffee shop or something. Did you notice the waitress's makeup? No, I didn't. It was. Tell awful. me about it. It it was awful. It's just bad. Very <laughs> awful. Very eighties. Just awful. Too much or just <laughs> too she much. looked like a, a kabuki and clown. Her teeth looked real big and her lips. Big. Oh it was no! It's just yeah. It's a lot. Oh boy. <laughs> That's all. So here we get some backstory <laughs> going on here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jock was giving thing. him three minutes because he had to get to a meeting. But um, what? how much information can you get across in three minutes? A lot, it turns out. A lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> turns out. More than you want to know. Yes. The diary, 1946. October 19th. Yeah, he's Raymond's ba- first birthday. He's basically like, hey, do you remember that uh, nurse you were having a little thing with during the war? And he was like, yeah, of course I totally remember. She was hot. And he's, and he's like, yeah, well, the thing is, is that, like, she was pregnant when I married her. So, yeah. So, Jock, you were, you like, were cleaning your gun oh. in her garage. Ew. <laughs> yeah, he was. I got that one, too. Jock was a colonel in the, in the we learned he was a colonel. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And so basically, at first, he tries to blackmail Josh. And he's like, so it'd be a shame if your wife found out. And he's like, I told her the second I got back, which is, I was surprised about that, that he really did tell Ellie, which is good for you. Good for you, Jack, because he didn't have to. Then she's like, you know, she forgave me. We overcame this, you know, 35 years ago. It's, it's so whatever. Ancient I'm not history. giving you money. Yeah, and then he's like, but I also have this. And he brings out Margaret, Ray's mom's uh, diary from 1946, which would have been the year after. Uh, and there's some blue uh, smudge stains on the diary. You can see if you look closely in that. Yeah. Yeah. Almost as if someone was maybe crying around it. Well, I was going to say, did you notice in the scene, Jock looks like he's tearing up? Oh, yeah. I think he is in because it's obvious like he... He really cared about Margaret, even though they had to end their relationship. But he did care about her. And so he's really, like, touched. Like he said, it was it was the war. It was the war. Might have been his last lay. 
emotions were running high. They didn't know if they he were did. going home. Exactly. My, yeah. Right. I like how I like how right when they cut to commercial after he tells Amos tells Jock that he's the daddy. Jock kind of he turns to the side. He looks kind of confused. It's like what. Yes, yeah. Jock, when you like, have happen? sex with someone, you can get them pregnant. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, did I, did I have sex with her? Wait a second, I thought yes, about Jock, the soldier. Did. That but, didn't but happen. But I pulled out. That can't be mine. <laughs> I jumped up and down afterwards. It should have been fine. I mean, right. we really have to, like, explain yeah. how biology works to so many people. God. <laughs> just just that confused look on Jock's face at it first. when he totally happen. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, he um, he reads the di- he, he's like, "Well, does she mention me?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, she talks about you a lot." And so he reads an entry, which is Ray's first birthday, and you can just see the look on Jack's face where he's just like, "Oh shit, yeah, it's all it's all true." Good thing Ellie likes Ray. Jack wants the diary. Where he's doing he's doing the yeah. dates in his head. Oh, yeah, he's doing the penis. Yeah, so it's like the spring of 1945. Real fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn, like, bitch, where was I in winter spring 1945? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, Amos sells the diary to him for ten thousand dollars. No, 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 no. This this is weird. Uh, he offers to sell it to him because he wants a couple of acres away from Texas. That was the initial thing that he wanted. Okay. But Jock has to think about it. He does. But we And then later, later, he ends up with $10,000. And I go, right. when did we switch from the acres to the 10000 My guess is that's why just Jock came back and he was like, I'll give, yeah. I'll give you ten okay. grand," And he's like, sold. And walked away. All right. And then we cut to Ewing Oil. And Bobby looks like a scared puppy in this office the entire scene. He does. He really does. Here is where we learn some very interesting facts about the insurance that was taken out on the tanker. Mm. Very interesting. The tanker was insured for twice its value, which we later confirmed in a conversation Cliff and Donna were having at the restaurant. Hmm. Twice the value, but there was no insurance on the oil that's at the bottom of the ocean. It was dun, the tanker dun, dun. that was insured. Hmm. And since there's suspicious circumstances, nobody's getting any money. Oh. Right. Right. Until a diver goes down to investigate. I wrote, Bobby, you fucked. Mm. I just put, I love Donna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just skipped that whole thing. I said, I love Donna. That's it. Bobby. Bobby's in trouble. Is off to see Eugene Bobby Bullock. Newport. <laughs> Never had a real job in his life. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's from Parks and Recreation. I'm sorry. Oh. When, when you said Bobby, I went, oh my God. Bobby Newport. <laughs> Bobby's off to see Mr. Eugene. Yep. And uh, he demands to see, Bobby demands to see all the books that. And, uh, uh, wait, we have that scene in between with Cliff and Donna. Right. I thought you were just skipping to the next one. So. Oh, t- talking about the 
fraud investigation because everything in Cliff's life everything. comes back to Ewing Oil. And Cliff says, well, I, I really don't care who wins as long as a Ewing loses. He's always going to be like that. He that- is getting a Woody just thinking about <laughs> the fight between Bobby and Jared. And when he says that he doesn't, you know, as long as a Ewing loses, that kind of puts a odd look on Donna's face. Like, she's starting right. to... Right, she's like, like, this guy. All yeah. right. Donna's a smart girl, a little... so she's she's noticing red flags. Right. Yeah. Donna, you don't want to uh, let Cliff drill for oil. Ooh. <laughs> she really doesn't. I wonder if they no. did. She'd make him cry. <laughs> she would. She would. <laughs> so let's let's go to Mr. Eugene's office. Mm-hmm. Or Bobby barges in. He demands to see the books. Mr. Eugene is very calm. You notice that? He is. He is very calm. Because he, he knows his wife, and he knows that... He doesn't seem upset very, that Bobby's upset. He's just kind of like... His wife is a very uh, vigorous woman. <laughs> vigorous. Vigorous, yes. It's a good word. Good word. And he's just like, okay. So, like, it's... I think he's like, some, something is happening that shouldn't be. So he's like, you know what? Let's go check out her secret, like, stash of files, which she doesn't know I have a key to. So... Oh, my God. I never they go completely check it out. trusted her. <laughs> right, which I... Smart guy. Uh, so he, because he totally knows his wife. He has her number. He doesn't care that she fucks around. He's fine with it. He doesn't care. Yeah, about he him. knows. He, um, he may be old, but he's not stupid. Right. He's not stupid, and I, it's helped him out in a lot of situations. So I think he's like, whatever. Uh, but right. he's like, all right, let's go check out to see what she did, and it finds out that yeah, then there's a lot of fraud jo- happening. That's yeah. We'll get uh, Jock drives to Ray's house, and that drive down that road kicked up a lot of road dust. Mm-hmm. That is a dusty old road there. And I, it makes me wonder, did he ever go to his meeting? Who? Jock? Jock. He was, he, no, there's he was, no way. He probably after that, yeah. after finding out he has a, a fourth son, hell no. And you have a generic country instrumental music on the radio <laughs> which is not playing too loudly and you have the shir- shirtless ray probably using some of that same oil Ooh. on him splitting uh-huh. wood for firewood he always splits wood on a lot of seasons <laughs> yes he does how does he not hear jock's car coming up that gravel road when it's there's no other cars on that road he's lost know. in thought chopping wood i don't know He's Paul, he's Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Maybe Ray just gets he's gets lost in th- I don't know who knows. Yeah, and there's apparently a brush fire in the background that they comment on that they're clearing land or something like that because Jock. You know. hmm. So. So then Jock sits down and he's like, "So I have to tell you a story." <laughs> And so he's just basically like, so you knew I knew your mama, right? And he's like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, she was always loved that. And then he was basically like, and well, what you don't know is we were doing it all the time in the war. 
<laughs> and Ray's just kind of like, she you don't have to tell me. She was cleaning my gun every chance we got. You don't have to tell me this. And Jack's like, nope, I would like to tell you this. <laughs> and so they tell him basically like, we loved each other, but we knew we couldn't be together. And then we left. And what, what I didn't know was that. You were in the oven. You are in the oven. And yeah. um, so he's like, and Jock ended daddy. up going to Paris, going to France before he came back. Yeah, home. I probably got transferred. Yeah. Okay. But I have to say, this scene is fucking amazing. I love. Holy I love shit! It and I cried in this scene. It was great. I, I did not cry, but I'm also not emotional today. Go watch this one. <laughs> but yeah, I will say that. though, I did love the scene. And kudos to Jock for going straight to Ray and telling him the truth. Because he could have kept yeah. the secret. He could have. Yeah, he could have. And he, he, tell, he tells him, like, he didn't even think, you know, he didn't even think about it longer than maybe an hour at the most. And he told him. And yeah. Ray's reaction, like, Steve Canigli, I didn't know you had it in you. Like, that, that holy shit, his acting in this scene is amazing. Just the, the tears in his eyes. Ah, got to me. Really it really got to me. Thing. It was great. And then the no the noble way route that he took, he doesn't want to disrupt things for the rest of the family, so he really just wants to leave things as they are. I think he also knows there's going to be a lot of trouble with Jr. Most maybe oh, Bobby yeah. too, but mostly Jr. He's like, I don't want to deal with that, really. But yeah, but that, why is everybody afraid of Jr. Because he's a dick. Well, he's, the mom and the dad. He's, he's a dick, and he's got the dirt on everybody, and he'll take that dirt and ruin you. Yeah. And he will go out of his way like to I, try to ruin your life. It's J.R. Mm-hmm. And, 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 no, and Ray knows that well because he and J.R. were buddy-buddy for a long time, so he knows. Right. He was on his he, good side, he so JR. he saw what he did to people he didn't like, and he wouldn't want to be on that yeah. side. Right, and he obviously knows what happened with Garnet McGee. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. And how jo- uh, Jr. drove him and Donna apart with his little spiel about the differences mm-hmm. and not, you know. So he knows yeah. what Jr. is capable of. And then when Ray basically is like, y- y- "Let's just keep this on the down low." Jock is really, I think, taken aback by that and kind of touched, I think, because he was like, do you like, do you know what you're walking away from if you leave this a secret? Like, you're walking away from, like, money, like a lot of money. Yeah. And Ray is just like, yeah, it's not worth it to me. It's fine. And I think that even more just makes Jock be like, well, no, Aww. he's officially going to be my son. Oh. But ultimately... Ray does leave it up to Chuck, even though he yeah. tells him how he feels. and uh-huh. So it's kind of, which puts Jock in this, what do I do? What do I do? Right. What do I, do? I could keep quiet about this and it'll all be fine. Or I could tell the truth. But usually when you keep quiet about something on a TV show, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to come, come out. out in some way. It's always going to come form. out. Otherwise, they're not going to bring it up at all and make it into something. Right. Very true. Very true. So he pontificates for a while. 
Right. And we see that in the next like scene when he's, he's so we leave him. Outside. We leave him and we go to we leave him and we go to um, back to Bobby and Mister Eugene in the office looking at the files, and the scheme starts to unravel as they discover that there were two tankers. So Mr. Eugene calls up to see if his if his can, as he refers to his tanker, is parked at the holding dock in Corpus Christi. And while he's doing that, Bobby is pouring another drink, and he's looking at that picture of Sally near the bar. And we find out that the Marsh Baron is docked in Corpus Christi, but it's empty because Sally has had the 600,000 barrels of oil unloaded. Polluting the ocean. No. No, no, actually it's in the refinery somewhere, isn't it? Yes, it's or in, in their holding hol- tanks. It's in their holding, in their holding tanks. tanks. And then they sunk the tanker, that's right. So there was never oil on the bottom of the ocean. Oh. That's it was right. A, it was the two tankers. So one, one was sunk that was filled with... Water because and enough this than that to sink the uh, sink it, which, and which we will find out if they're going to um, discover that that's really the case. Because, it, like Jr. said, all that you know, oil just disappearing like that, that whole ship. I mean, that would be a huge ass news story. Like, look at the spill in the Gulf. There's right. so much oil in the ocean. Okay, right? Yeah, Tank you would see the oil. Where's the ocean? Right, unless those. Because I'm sorry, is he that stupid? You're going to sink a tanker and think that the oil's not going to spill? Did but, he really just do that? Now, how are these, how is this oil <laughs> transport? Are they, Hang on. My they, mind is blown because I'm like, J.R. Ewing is not that stupid. But, but then he just was that stupid. But I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to process how the oil is, is transported. Is it in some massive thing that, it can get it's punctured, or is it in, or is it in six hundred thousand barrels? Like it would be in barrels, but if oil. it goes to the bottom of the ocean, I would imagine the pressure would make that. It'll, yeah, the pressure in it would make it explode. It's like I would it, think it's like a tanker truck. You know, if you get in a crash, you need to evacuate everybody because yeah. it's going to spill and it's going to explode. Yeah. It's, it's going to blow. It's going to blow. My guess is We're in 1980, we hadn't had any big oil spills too much. This is I don't before think. Exxon Valdez. It was before Exxon later. Valdez, for sure. But And long uh, before BP oil. Uh-huh. Before the biggins of the oh. 80s, anyway. So. Right. So, Mr. Eugene gives Bobby carte blanche to do to Sally whatever he needs to do but he plans to keep her Mr. Eugene does of course he does oh god why why Mm. let no man put asunder I like Mr. Eugene he's such an old I don't mind him he's kind of funny (laughs) yeah he's funny and he's he's not dumb he he knows oh, no, exactly not at what's all. going on. He knows what's going on. That's what I like about him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about him. Back to South Fork. It's about three PM in the afternoon. And Jock is pontificating. What to do, the what to do. Porch where he had the heart attack. On the heart attack mm-hmm. porch. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. He's trying to decide, do I tell her? Do I? I don't... Ellie wonders if he's concerned about the situation with Bobby and JR. It's like, no, it's got nothing to do with that. What time is it, Ellie? 3 p.m. Hmm. Oh, gonna, boy. Oh, it's, it's going to be a long, long story to tell. And she says she has the rest of her life to listen to him. And I just love, I just like the chemistry in this scene between the two of them. It's just those tender moments that they have together. Yeah. Though she does seem worried about what he's going to say. Yeah. She's like, oof, what's this going to be? Is this, a, is this another wife <laughs> that he has hiding another somewhere? Another wife in another mental institute? <laughs> what's next? Ellie, I was, a, I was a serial killer back in the day. And I left a string <laughs> Ooh, of bodies across twist. the south. That's a twist. <laughs> so then we, get, then we find out that... Ellie, I'm, that not, I'm not JR's father. Digger is. No. <laughs> that plot twist to the plot, plot twist. twist. <laughs> Double plot twist. Double secret plot twist. Then we go over to Ray's house again with more generic country music. And this is where we find out that Amos made 10K off a of jock for the diary. Right. He did not get the two acres uh, far from Texas. Yeah. I bet you that ten thousand is going to be gone pretty quick. I think he immediately he's going to go gambling, gambling or something, or boozing. He, or, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, but he he's cleaned up his uh, clothing though. He's wearing a different. Uh, he's more tucked in. He's more polished off because he's got that ten grand in the in the chest pocket. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. So Bobby then shows up at the address that what, uh, Mr. Wait, Eugene wait, gave. What's What's what, what's interesting though? Before um, Amos leaves, is that um, he says that uh, talks about how Jock is deny wants to deny publicly that he's Ray's father. He kept saying that, well, he's going to deny it in public and this and that. And uh, how does Amos? I think Amos is just trying to stoke Ray's fire because Ray, he is Ray he wants is. to throw his ass off there, and he's he wants to you know rip his head off. Um, uh, Amos says uh, it's not his fault that he's a bastard, and Amos says, "But I am too. I am too. Yeah, you are a bastard, Amos, in many ways, other than paternity." And if you notice, though, when he gets in the car to leave, you can. This is pre-land development down there because you can see South Fork in the background. Behind them, so they haven't built out all of the housing that's back there now in the twenty twenties. It's all empty land. So Bobby shows up at the address where Mister Eugene gave to him. Which uh, she answers, and she can't figure out how he knew where to find her. And he's like, well, Eugene gave me your address. And she's like, he's not supposed to know about this place either. And then Bobby kind of slut shames her. Which is like... Oh, yeah. All right, Bobby. (laughs) Going for the jugular, I guess. All right. And then proceeds a lot of bluffing back and forth, basically, between the two of them. Mm-hmm. 
And she makes a quote-unquote proposition. She does. And Bobby is not into it at all. <laughs> yeah. He's like, back he up, says, sister. Nope. This We're is not doing this. This is what's going to happen. You are going to sign the unconsigned oil back over to me. You're not accepting any insurance money, and you're going to keep the Ewing name out of this. This is not yep. negotiable. Right. Boom, mic drop, Bobby out. He's like, And Joanna Cassidy <laughs> liked working her scenes with Patrick Duffy. She really enjoyed the... Yeah, I'm sure. Right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I had to do it one time. <laughs> yeah. One time. And so then Bobby goes home to South Fork where JR is making uh, himself a drink and he's getting just ready to gloat more for when Bobby comes home. He's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, But then Bobby bursts his bubble and says, I know everything. I figured it all out. I I got it all. (laughs) And then JR just immediately tries to cover like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm, No idea. And he goes, what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Willis? I have and no idea. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bobby? <laughs> and they, they're about to come to blows. J- he tells JR to stay out of his way. And as they're about to come to blows, in walks Ray. With a newfound confidence to his walk. Well, it looks like I got uh-huh. here just in time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I really think Joanna Cassidy was on like every single show that ever came out. I think and so. She yeah, was in yeah, she Rabbit. yeah, she was Dolores. She played Booth's mother on Bones too. Yes, and you were on last week. I figured out she's the boss on Don't Tell Mom that it's the babysitter the babysitter's yes. dead. And that's why I was saying I'm right on top of that, Rose. And she was a, <laughs> was it six feet under and she was on um yes. Buffalo I Bill with Dabney Coleman. Desperate Housewives, Criminal Minds, Austin Legal. She's, oh, that's right. Yeah, Six Feet Under. I think she, on, and William, she and William Shatner had something going on, I think, at one point. She's on everything. <laughs> Damn, L.A. Law, Murder, She Wrote. I mean. I always called it Murder, She Hoped, because everywhere Angela Lansbury went, mm-hmm. it was like, ooh, there's a murder. Ooh, I hope there's something going on. You'd think <laughs> people would learn not to invite Angela Lansbury or Jessica Fletcher over, because somebody always ends up dead. Yes. Did you know that the beginning of um, Murder, She Wrote, like the whole, the scenes where she's riding her bike by the fish wharf, that's the fish wharf from Jaws. It's the back lot at Universal Studios. Oh, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've been on that studio Very tour like seven Dr. times. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah. So Jair's playing. So dumb. the whole family comes in. Jock yeah. gathers the family. Mm-hmm. Ellie has this look on her face the whole time of, I'm in shock. Am I pissed? Am I? Am I? Am I? I think she's disappointed, uh, but she wants to dis- let all of them know that she's okay with she's it. She's handling it well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the JR surface. On the surface. Like, That's yeah, very important. On the surface. Disgust. Jr. Because what is what is what does Jock tell his family? He's like, I had an affair thirty six years ago, and I came home and I apologized to your mama, 
and she forgave me. And whoops, I fathered a Until kid. now. <laughs> Until now, and I brought it up Basically. again. And I fathered a baby. And so, Tanner, like, chokes. Yeah, Tanner's like. He has a horrible look on his face. I'm but sorry, But the camera what? cuts to Lisey, like, the first or second person. And she's like. <laughs> she's like, drama? did we forget? And then when. Uh, did we forget about Lucy and Ray? Yes, conveniently we did. And then, <laughs> of course and then what did. you don't yeah. see, uh, I can imagine what you don't see off camera when the camera cuts to JR is Lucy runs out of the room and up to her room and she's going to go wash. She feels dirty <laughs> and disgusting because she slept with her uncle. No, that, that <laughs> never happened. It was never spoken of again. So, you know, in never that again. universe, if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. That's, mm. that's why it happened off screen that we never heard about mm. and it was never yeah. talked about. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's the end of that episode. Ray, welcome to the family, boy. 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 You're, in the fam- you're in family business now. Business. That's right. And all, I'm sure JR is going, oh, God. Uh, somebody else just in the company. Somebody else just cut into my pie. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> somebody else is going to get a piece of the pie. So I give it 4.5 bourbons because this was a great episode and a wartime affair. I give it a 4.5 because I really, really like this episode and the whole interaction between Ray and Jock. And I'm going to give this a bottle of baby oil. And I'm I'm going to match you on the 4.5 and give it a uh-huh. Mr. Eugene's secret key to Sally's safe. I also give it a 4.5. Good episode and a secret diary from wartime. Love awesome. It. And that's the very first time ever in history we've all had the exact same. It is. 4.5. Oh is it? Damn. Mic drop. Boom. Drop the mic. We're out. Now. 4.5. <laughs> and I feel like it's mostly Shall Steve Keneally's acting, which was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and okay. I can, see, I can see why he says that this was his favorite story his favorite episode yeah. and yeah i can see that it, too. it yeah. really comes across in he his acting so exor- yes so a, a special shout out to steve um and uh we'll um we'll we're gonna see where this goes from here because it's gonna get could yep. get very interesting and we will see you next week when we uh talk about season four episode eight trouble at ewing 23 until then please check out our patreon patreon.com slash Ewing BBQ and check out all of our socials and you can find those in our show notes and we'll see you then. Bye. And get your, Bye, y'all. and get your tickets to go to see us in Chicago with Priscilla Presley. Yeah. Y'all come yeah. back now. You hear? Here's a hundred dollars. That's chicken feed, boy. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Next on Dallas. You know, they're just squeezing you out to make a place for Bobby. It's only a matter of time and place before I put a burr under his saddle. A man just called the field house. He is threatening to blow up the wells at UN23 unless he gets $5 million by 4 o'clock. Just in case you think I'm joking. Think you're doing the right thing, give it in to him? Do you know what it's going to cost if this field goes up? Mr. Ewing, it's getting late. Come on, JR, come on. Bobby? Big problem.